0: The same sun that hardens also softens. Think about it for just a second. The sun can harden ground, but it can also melt ice. And I'm believing today, I'm praying for a melting, a softening in the prayer that I wanna teach you today. This is an important day for an important prayer, and I want your heart to be soft for what's gonna get ready to happen today. The average person spends about 142 minutes a day on social media. Just stay with me now. That's two hours and 20 minutes a day or 832 hours a year. That's about, ready for this? 15% of your waking hours is on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. In an article in Quartz Magazine, it said this, in the time you spend on social media each year, you can actually read, ready for this? 400 books, and if you add TV to it, it can even broach a 1,000 books. Stay soft with me now because of this prayer that's gonna make and allow this to make sense to you. Right before the Apostle Paul says these words, be filled with the Holy Spirit in Ephesians chapter five, he gives another command before be filled with the Holy Spirit, and he says this, I want you to make the most of your time. He seems to be telling us that that the Ephesians were not filled with the Holy Spirit because they seem to be too busy or not making time for it. If you want to make the most of your time, the Apostle Paul says, I want you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen listen to what he says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. He says, therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Here it comes. Making the most of your time goes back to what we just talked about, even on social media, for example, because the days are evil. So don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And that's when he jumps into, I want you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But today, I want to teach you how to make the most of your time. Taking from the Apostle Paul, I want to teach you how to number your days. I want to teach you a prayer from the book of Psalms. Let's pray. Father, may the Holy Spirit in these next few moments guide us. May, may the word of God be alive in us. Soften our hearts, God, to make the most of our time, to see what your scripture says. Make us wise today, in Jesus' name, amen. Catherine Booth, the wife of the founder of the Salvation Army, said these powerful words. She said, there's no improving the future unless you first disturb the present. Today, I wanna disturb your present with a new prayer that I got from the book of Psalms. Here it comes. This is Psalm 90, starting in verse 10. It says this, the psalmist says, as for the days of our life, they contain 70 years, or if due to strength, that means you're working out, you're at the gym, you're eating right, you may get 80 years. Yet their pride is but labor and sorrow, for soon it's gone and we fly away. And here comes the prayer. Let's get ready now. He says, so teach us to number our days that we might present to you a heart of wisdom. Another version even says it like this, teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. Help us to spend them as we should. Think of that prayer for just a second. Teach us to number our days so we can recognize even how few they are, that we might spend them correctly. See, the wise know how short time is. Let me remind you of something today. Everyone that's listening, we're all headed to the same place at a different pace. We're all headed to the same place at a different pace. And that place is eternity, not heaven for every single person. I'll make that clear at the end where in eternity we're heading. But I want you to understand how important this is. We're all headed to the same place, eternity, but at a different pace, one of the men that has influenced my life, Re- Leonard Ravenhill, said it like this. He said, "I want to so live that God doesn't have to give me one minute's notice to step out of time into eternity." The Psalmist three thousand year old prayer literally disturbs my present. Listen to it again, Psalm ninety twelve. Teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. Help us to spend them as we should. Why? because I have to treat each day as a gift because there are not many is what the psalmist is saying. You know, it was Dr. Seuss, the children's writer, in his unique way said it like this, yesterday is history, tomorrow's a mystery, but today is a gift, that's why we call it the present. Counting forward is so much more exciting than counting backward. And this is what we're gonna learn from this prayer. See, to count forward speaks of an exciting future. To count backwards speaks many, many times to a painful end of something. It goes like this. In two years, I'll graduate college. That's, that's, that's looking to the future, counting forward. In nine months, we're gonna have a baby. In two weeks, we leave for vacation. Or in 30 days, it'll be Christmas. But to count backwards, it seems that the end is near. Vacation is over in 24 hours. We have to leave the beach in two hours. You only have 12 months to live. Those things, those words are haunting and even painful. There is, a, there is a loft here in our city, in New York City, that tries to save the past on what we, some of us grew up in called old VHS tapes. They try to transfer from the analog to the digital. See, these VHS tapes, for this, for us older people that know what they are, can't survive between 15 to 20 years. They're calling it a magnetic media crisis that memories from 20 years ago are now starting to dissolve and go away. And people by the droves are starting to bring it in going, I'm going to lose my memory. If my, my memories, if I don't begin to do something and that loft here in New York City is trying to preserve those things, but today this is bigger than preserving a VHS tape. This is our life. This is our forever. I want to disturb your present. But like a VHS tape, we do have, our lives have an expiration date. That's what, that's what the psalmist was saying in Psalm 90, starting in verse 10. He was saying, we all have an expiration date. For some 70, for some 80. That expiration date says that right after the expiration comes, we have an appointment with God. And the prayer of Psalm 90 is saying, keeping all that in mind, keeping an expiration date, we have to begin to start counting backwards, regardless of how old you are. The psalmist asks God for the hard task of seeing how brief life is. Here's Psalm 9012 in, in, in another version. It says, Teach us how short our life is that we may become wise. This is so surprising. What he was saying was this the end result of obeying and even listening, taking heed to this prayer and counting backwards. It's not depression, but the psalmist says you get wisdom. The Bible tells us when we look at life this way, we become smarter when we use our time wiser. Let me speak about counting backwards for a moment. My mind went back to two stories that really affected my life. I, I want to tell you a story about a thousand marbles. A thousand marbles. Before cell phones, um I grew up at a time not only of VHS tapes, but I grew up at a time with CBs and ham radios that were in people's houses. CBs kept you local and you can have a handle and talk to people. Ham radios was the giant antenna on some neighbor's roof that allowed you to talk to people even around the world. It almost seems like That was prehistoric times. The story is a bit lengthy that I want to tell you, but really worth it. It's affected my life, and I live by it. You'll see it every Tuesday in my office. Let me tell you the story. Every Saturday morning, I was reading this in an article. Steve would get up and spend the morning in the basement with a cup of coffee every Saturday on his ham radio, the Saturday morning that changed his life when he was listening to someone else's conversation. It was between an old guy and a and a young guy. And one of them was learning kind of the Psalm 90 verse 12 of counting backwards. Let me tell you the story. He said, I turned the dial up. I came across an older sounding chap, he said, with one of those golden voices. He says, you know the kind. He sounded like he should be in the broadcasting business. He was telling, however, something about a thousand marbles. And, and Steve said, I got very intrigued. So I stopped to listen into this conversation on my ham radio. This is what he said. He said, I heard these words. Well, Tom, it sure sounds like you're busy with your job. I'm sure they pay you well, but it's a shame that you have to be away from your home and your family so much. Hard to believe that a young fellow like you is working 60, 70 hours a week to make ends meet, and too bad you missed your daughter's dance recital. He continued, let me tell you something, Tom, something that has helped me keep a good perspective on my own priorities, and that's when he began to explain a thousand marbles. Now get ready. This is this was even a bit life-changing for me. He said, you see, I sat down one day and did a little arithmetic. The average person lives 75 years, Psalm 90, verse 10, But on average, he said, when I started to realize, I multiplied 75 times 52, and I came up with 3,900, which is the number of weekends the average person gets his entire life. Now, stay with me, Tom, he said. I'm getting to the important part. It took me till I was 55 years old to realize this—that about this new math that needed to come to my own life. And this is what he said. That I have lived through 2,800 weekends already, And he said, I only had a thousand left. So he said, I went to a toy store, I ended up going to three different ones, rounded up a thousand marbles, took them home, put them inside a fish bowl, and sat them next to my gear in the basement. And every Saturday, I would go down and take one marble out and found that by watching that bowl start to go down and the marbles diminished, I started to focus in on the really important things of life. He was counting backwards. He says, there's nothing like watching your time here on earth run out to help you get priorities straight. Wow. Then he says this. Now, let me tell you one last thing before I sign off and take my lovely wife out for breakfast. He said, this morning, I took the very last marble out of my container. And I figure if I make it till next Saturday that I've been given a little extra time and the one thing we can all use, Tom, is a little extra time. It's nice to meet you. I hope you spend more time with your family and I hope to meet you again here on the band. This, for this 75-year-old man, this is J9NZQ, clear and going, QRT. Good morning. Steve said you could hear a pin drop on the band when the fellow signed off. He said, I guess all of us had a lot to think about. He says, on that morning, here's what happens. Steve said, I went upstairs, woke up my wife with a kiss, and I said, come on, honey. I'm taking you and the kids to breakfast. What brought this on, she asked. I said, nothing special. It's just been a long time since we've spent the Saturday together. Hey, by the way, on the way to breakfast, can we stop at a toy store while we're out? I need to buy some marbles. Wow. that's That hit home to me. In fact, what I did was, I actually ordered 1,000 marbles on Amazon. I'm, I'm 57 and figured out I have 1,092 weekends left. And it sits in my a fishbowl in my office. And every Tuesday, I pull a marble out and I put it down to make sure that I keep my priorities in order. And when you start doing that and start counting backwards, you realize how precious life is and how you do want to live wiser. I don't want to give up 15% of my waking hours to simply a YouTube, a Facebook, and an Instagram. When God is going, there's much more wiser ways to spend your life. Francis of Assisi, while hoeing his garden, was asked, what would he do if he suddenly learned that he was to die at sunset that day? And his response was, I would finish hoeing my garden. What an answer! which means he was doing and living the exact way God wanted him to live. Nothing needed to change. And when I heard that, I've started to examine my life and go, what would I say at that point? Because Lord, I wanna live that way. No regrets, nothing left undone, that when it's my time, I'm doing exactly what I was supposed to be doing, living every day to glorify God. It was Francis Chan that said these powerful words. He says, our greatest fear should not be a failure, but, but at succeeding at things in life that really don't matter. Wow. Succeeding at life, things in life that really don't matter. This, this week right, here in New York City, a longtime friend is in town. You may have even heard me tell his story. Kevin was stabbed 37 times and by a miracle, a miracle, Kevin is alive Preaching the gospel, being used by God around the country. And an incredible message that Kevin is giving. And we'll we'll even have opportunities that you're gonna hear Kevin's story. It's, it's just a miracle of what of what God is doing. I remember having the conversation with Kevin. Here is a man that was at death's door. I remember talking to Kevin about his stabbing. And I said, Kevin, I said. And, and he remembered because I asked him about this. He remembered where the conversation and where we had it. I said, Kevin, I said, I just when I think about your story and and you laying there, being being stabbed thirty seven times. I said, I just want to die fast, like in a plane crash or a car crash. I, or he said, I, I and I said, I would never want to die of cancer or or some disease that would just continue on. And he said that day. I was stabbed Sarah and I had a fight and I wanted to tell her I love her and I'm sorry he says there were things I wanted to say to my children that I couldn't because of the suddenness of what took place he says what you forget sometimes is that is that there are diseases and things that literally give us time and it's people that will literally have time to resolve relationships knowing that there is a time limit literally counting backwards it's God giving us a chance with no regrets. But let me be clear why I'm saying this. We're all terminal. Whether you've been diagnosed or not with a, with with some debilitating disease, we're all terminal. The moment we're born, all of us are racing towards the judgment seat of Christ. None of us here will, 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 can escape that very thing. And that's why this is so important. And this is so powerful. When you start to think about this, there was a survey taken of people over 95 years old. There wasn't a lot of responders, but over 95 years old, and they would ask one question. If you could live your life over again, what would you do differently? And this is what they said. If I could live my life over again, they said these three things. One, I would reflect more. Number two, I'd risk more. But number three, I would do more things that would live on after I've died. That's called legacy. That's saying, I wanna do things that matter. It's like the 20th century Christian martyr Jim Elliott said. He said, when it comes time to die, make sure that's all you have to do. Make sure that's it. I mean, think about that. Think about those powerful words of Jim Elliott. If, if you knew you were going to die soon and I had only one phone call you could make, think about it. Who would you call and what would you say? And let me give you a third question. Why are you waiting? See, we have to be wiser when we think of those thousand marbles, when we think of Psalm ninety twelve, 12. And this is where our disturbing prayer helps us to do something, not regret not doing something. So when you pray, teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are and help us to spend them as we should. It's speaking about the fragility of life. It's speaking about about the gift of life. And the Bible says that we don't have long. We have that short time. It's it's almost like you wake up and I see in the mail coming an AARP card that I'm going like, what happened? I want to just give you three thoughts to remember when you choose to count backwards. Three thoughts to remember when you're going to do what Psalm 90 verse 12. If you're going to pray this prayer, I want you to keep these in mind. Number one, This is what I started to realize. Life is fast. It really is. That's what James says in James chapter 4, verse 14. It says, you don't even know what your life will be tomorrow. He says, you're like a puff of smoke or a vapor, one version says, which appears for a moment and then disappears. Do you you know what this brings me to? I was reading the final book he's ever written of the the almost 100 books that Bill Bright, the, the founder of Campus Crusade for Christ, one of the largest Christian organizations in the world, 26,000 employees, 553,000 volunteers in 191 countries. His Jesus film has been seen by 5 billion people around the world in in, in 645 languages. And in fact, because of that film, there was 750,000 churches that were started. And I was reading his book called The Journey Home, which Bill Bright said, this is my final book. And he goes, I'm dying. And he talked about a disease. He started to count backwards. And Bill Bright writes in the very beginning of this book, these words from the American poet, W.H. Auden. He says, death is the sound of distant thunder at a picnic. That while everybody's celebrating, it was Bill Bright who says, no one can escape that that, that we eventually have to count backwards. I was, I was taking my kids a few years ago to school in the car to a donut shop. And, and when I walked in, Cindy Cindy had a late night, so I said, I'll bring them, drove, was driving them to school. And when we got to this donut shop, I'll never forget the person behind the counter goes, hey, you look like someone famous. I said, wow, who? Sitting there with all four of my children, and they they go. I'm trying to think. Now it's amazing how what I thought and what they said were worlds apart. They said, "I know who it is." And they looked at me and said, "You look like Tommy Lee Jones." I'm going, "Tommy Lee Jones? He's like 80 years old." And I'm going, "Oh my real, uh, my goodness." That's when you realize life is a vapor, puff of smoke. It's fast. The Bible says, "You don't even know what your life will be like tomorrow." You, you, you start off thinking you're this and you end up being Tommy Lee Jones. Why? Because life goes by fast. That's why we pray Psalm 90 verse 12. Disturb my presence. Let me make sure I spend every day wisely. And number two, life can be wasted. Second Samuel 14:14 14, 14, it was David that said for we surely die and are like water spilled on the ground listen to these words the image the imagery is amazing which cannot be gathered up again water life can be like water spilled on the ground and you can't gather it back up and say let's do this all over how many how many are listening today and say i wish i could have that that year back that that decision back that night back that decade back, my teens or 20s back, that college that college years back, and we, and we can't. You can't, but you can decide today no more life is gonna be spilled on the ground. It's too precious. Let me say this to you. The past can't be recovered and relived, but today the future can be rewritten and rewarded. Let me say that again. Your past, you can't recover it and you can't relive it. But the future can be rewritten and rewarded today. That, that, that you start to realize I'm not gonna waste any more life. We all, we all begin to realize and ask, where has where life gone? And have I wasted time? Have I wasted time? I was doing a chapel for the for a university's Christian Medical Student Society. These were these are doctors. Um, still in med school, and it was Christian doctors that that would meet together in between classes. And so, one future doctor, as I, after I spoke to all of these university um, pre med students, said to me, he "says hey, I'd like to show you something in the basement. I'd like to show you human cadavers that have been donated to science in the basement of our medical building." And I, I was a little nervous, I have to tell you. And I remember him bringing me over and showing me the heart of an individual and then held it in his hand and I saw this little yellow thread and he showed it to me. He says, that is the number one killer in the country. When that yellow thread gets clogged, he said, a heart attack and life can be over. I have to tell you, I thought to myself, life is fragile. And I thought, some of us live like that little yellow thread is as big as the Lincoln Tunnel. And when you start to see it with your own eyes, you go, God, help me to count backwards. Help me to realize how many marbles are actually left. Let me realize that my life, that not only is life fast, but life can be wasted. And finally, let me end with this. Life is not my own. This life doesn't belong to me. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. He says, haven't you learned that your body is the home of the Holy Spirit that God gave you and that... He lives within you. Your own body doesn't even belong to you, is what he says. For God has bought you with a great price. So use every part of your body to give glory back to God because he owns it. Do you know what living in sin is? Sin is living life on my own terms with no regard for my creator and for my redeemer. See, when you live independently of God, then we forget he is created and he is redeemed. And since he is created, we belong to him. He owns us. David says that earlier in the Psalms. Listen to Psalm 103. You know the Lord is God. And then he says it almost like like Paul did. He created us and we belong to him. God owns us. Our life is not even our own. I, I, I I wanna give you some hope today. I want you to listen. If you woke up breathing this morning, congratulations. You have another chance. You have another chance to take Psalm ninety twelve, disturb the present, and go. I'm going to get this right. I'm going to get the rest of this right. I'm going to get my thousand marbles right that I have left, or or my ten ninety two left. See, our life on earth is the first page to a never ending story. That's that's. See, we're we're born and then we then we live forever. Born and forever. The next time you hear a politician. Um, or an MB, MSNBC or a financial periodical use the word billion, I want you to think about it a little extra because a billion is a difficult number to comprehend. You ready for this? A billion seconds ago, it was 1987. A billion minutes ago, Jesus was alive. A billion hours ago, the characters in the book of Genesis were living a billion days ago, no one walked on the earth if it was here, according to some people, but they were gone. <laughs> a billion dollars ago was only eight hours and 20 minutes at the rate the government spends it. And a billion years from now, where will you be? Because I will be and you will be somewhere. Forget the word billion. How about hundred? If you're healthy enough, maybe even to live to 116. The oldest woman in America just died a few weeks ago, Hester Ford, 116 years old. But here's the issue. Whether you live to 116 or 70, like David said, the psalmist says in Psalm 90, or 80, if you have strength, we will spend forever in eternity. We're all at different paces going to the same place. And we've got to get this right, folks. Folks. And in order to get it right, we'll have to disturb our present to change our future like Catherine Booth said. Let me tell you the wisest thing based on that prayer, the wisest thing you have the chance to do right now. It's another prayer that I wanna teach you today. It's a prayer that changes your eternity. It's the most important thing that can ever happen to you in life and it lasts forever because you and I will last forever. But where you will be forever has to be a choice that you make today. And that's called being born again. And this may disturb your present to change your future. But what a future God has for your life. Because you have to ask your question. If we're all at different paces going to the same place at a different pace, then where will we be in eternity? I want to go to heaven. I want to be with God. I want my sins forgiven. And Jesus says that's called being born again. Just as you had a first birth, which started as we as we said, the first page of a never-ending story, I want you to begin to rewrite. Remember, in the past, you can't go backwards in the past. You You can't recover or relive the past. But today, you can rewrite and be rewarded for a brand new future. How does this happen, Pastor Tim? Just as you were born a first time, Jesus says you have to be born again a second time. The first one was physically, the second one was spiritually. See, here's what Jesus said in John 3:3. He says, I'm telling you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God without being born again. In fact, he goes on in verse five and just simply says, you must be born again. Well, Pastor Tim, how does that happen? How, how do I become born again? This determines where where we spend eternity. And today, that can change for you. Because some of you, if I was to say, how do you get to heaven? Some of you, if your answer is, well, I was water baptized, or I took communion, or I go to church, or I'm a good person. All these are good things. That but That's not what Jesus said in John 3. You just read it. He said, you, in order to see the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, You must be born again. Those are Jesus's words. It's not Times Square Church's words. It's not Protestant, Catholic, Muslim. It's Jesus's words. And Jesus always tells the truth. And Pastor Tim, if that's what what Jesus said, then how can I be born again? This is what's gonna change. We're gonna disturb your present to change your future. I believe being born again is as simple as ABC. And each of those letters correspond to something. A, admitting that I'm a sinner. So I get honest with God. I have a condition that's called sin. I can't fix it myself. There's not a person on this planet that can fix the condition called sin. There's not a promise I can make, a program I can go to, a priest or a pastor I can talk to. I need help to fix this. I'm broken on the inside. The diagnosis is sin and I have to admit that. I have to do what someone else said. He says, we're not mistakers in need of correction. We're sinners in need of a savior. We need more than a second chance. We need a second birth. How does that happen? That's the B word, believe. Believe that God sent his son to fix that sinful condition on the inside. I can't fix myself. You can't fix yourself. If we could fix ourselves, then why would God have to send his son to die the death that he, that he died, why would he have to suffer the things that he suffered? If I can get myself to heaven by being good, then Jesus never would have had to come here. Then we would have just heard a shout from heaven saying, "Hey, do your best. be good enough to come up here." but that's not what it is. We all have a condition called sin, and I needed a sin-bearer. I needed someone to pay the price for me. That's what Jesus did. You see, he died the death. I was supposed to die. Live the life that I couldn't live and gave me a reward, heaven, eternity that I didn't even deserve, and forgiveness. Finally, it's confessing Jesus is Lord. That's These are big words. When you say, Jesus, you are now Lord, you're saying you're a boss now. That's what the word actually means. It says, you're in charge now. You're not just in charge one day a week for a few hours when I'm either in person in a, in a religious building or when I'm tuning in online. no, 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 when I give my life to you, you, every day belongs to you, not Sundays, every day belongs to you. Do you think that God sent his son Jesus to die on a cross just to get you to sit in a seat or watch a screen on a Sunday? His goal wasn't to get you to church, his goal was to get you to heaven. See, coming to church on a Sunday, coming, going to a religious building, that's, a, that's religion. But being born again is a relationship. That's why Christianity is coming to a person, not a place. And you're saying like Romans 10, nine and 10, you are Lord, Lord. you are boss, you're in charge of my life now, that every one of those marbles that I have left in, in that, that fishbowl begin to say, if you're Lord, you are guiding in those days, help me to live wisely. And that's why the wisest thing you can do now is to make a decision that changes your forever, that's being born again. This is a prayer that literally changes your forever. Wherever you're at right now, I want you to pray this prayer with me. If you're saying today, Pastor Tim, my, my, my present has just been disturbed. I want to be born again. I want to start a brand new journey. But Pastor Tim, I'm not perfect. Exactly. Perfect people don't go to heaven. Forgiven people do. And today could be that day. Wherever you're at, if you're there as a family, if maybe you're a student on a university campus, getting ready to graduate, not knowing what the future is, I can tell you this even before worried about what your um, vocation is going to be and what your job is and how you're going to pay student loans, I'm going to tell you, I want you to think even larger is I want to be ready for eternity. Not simply ready for a job, but ready for, for forever. And that's by being born again. And wherever you're at, whether you're listening in a car, in a living room, in a kitchen, on a phone, on an iPad, I want you to pray this prayer with me. I want you to pray a prayer that will change your forever. I want you to be born again today. If that's you, I want you to pray this with me. Come on, say these words out loud if you're able to. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe that on the cross you took my sin, my shame, my guilt, and you died for it. You faced hell for me. So, I wouldn't have to go. You rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with your Father. Today, Lord Jesus, I turn from my sin to be born again. Come on, say it with me now God is my Father, Jesus is my Savior, the Holy Spirit is my helper, and heaven. Is my home. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this message and be sure to subscribe so you can receive new messages each week. Visit tsc.nyc for all the latest info on how you can stay connected. Also, don't forget that you can follow us on social media on all major platforms at Times Square Church. Thanks for tuning in today. Have a great week.